All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How was vacation week? You kind of just had a bit of a staycation. I had a staycation. I stayed by myself. It was like I could have done any number of chores. Mm -hmm. and There was like two things I had to do. And one of them was nail the spindles back into my back deck after having had it replanked. Yep. Which I should have done like a month and a half ago. And the other one was send an email to my insurance broker. And I didn't send that email until Monday morning. And it took five (laughs) minutes. Before you were going to work. Yeah, right before work. (laughs) And I did do the spindles on Friday, but it occurred to me that maybe nailing spindles back into your deck from on the deck is something you should do either with a spotter or with a brain that's better than mine, which to be fair is a low bar because uh, I, I stuck my head between two of the loose spindles, nailed it on the right, and then I kind of pivoted and then I turned to my left and I nailed it into my left and then I, I realized I had nailed my head into the deck. <laughs> like the goofy sitcom Did, dad I was born to that's be. right. Did you have to call someone for butter so you could... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty sure that was a, a plot of... Family Matters. I was going to say, Deborah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck. No, I think it was Full House. Yeah. Okay. Phil, yeah. I could see I could see that yeah. happening to, to had, Danny Tanner. I think it was Uncle Jesse. It would be Uncle Joey probably, right? It might have been Uncle Joey. That, it wouldn't happen. That lovable Jesse. goof. It wouldn't happen Uncle Jesse. It wouldn't happen. He was like, no, but I, I think it did because I think he was like, not the hair, not uh, the butter in my hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> very, very good, John Stamos. Thanks. No, I was able to squeeze my head out, but it kind of hurt and it was embarrassing to my ego. Mm, yeah. It bruised my ego and my... Uh, well, you're no Uncle Jesse, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're you're uh, a hybrid of Jesse and Danny Tanner. Thanks. Yeah, that's the nicest thing I could say to anyone. <laughs> you have a little John Stamos in you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, so the vacation was okay. And then I came back to work mm-hmm. and I'm busy this week, but then I'm on vacation again next week. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. Man, vacation, work, vacation is kind of the life. I just had all these extra days to burn, which I realized I'm, I have to be very grateful for, and I am. Yeah. But I've never come back from a vacation without despair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's never like, um, I'm so I'm so far away from my next vacation. I'm not. Right. And in fact, I keep forgetting throughout this week that I have next week off. Yeah. I have the privilege of rest. Mm-hmm. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. What are you going to do next week? More spindles? Spindles are done, thank God. <laughs> Actually, I might have to do more spindles because we might do the other half of the deck. We'll see. Nice. Isn't this fun? So they didn't blow off or anything. You're just adding spindles on? No, we uh, resurfaced the planks on our back deck because they were quite old and rotten. Yes. And so in order to uh, take the old spindles off, we had or take the old planks off, we had to take the spindles off. And okay. now that the new planks are on, we have to put the spindles back on. And that's what I was doing. I see. Okay. Okay, you with me you. here? I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Home Renos with Sweets and Slaney. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Sweets and Slaney on Homes. That's right. But well, it's uh, we're we're talking about uh, Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Or who's the Holmes that married uh, Tom Cruise? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. It's Katie Holmes. And here we are. We're off to a good start. <laughs> no, I think I feel good about it. You're feeling good? I'm, I'm okay. All right, great. So uh, you remember last year at the 2019 Golden Globes, they created the inaugural uh, Lifetime Achievement uh, Award for uh, for television, mm-hmm. uh, named it after Carol Burnett, and of course they gave it to Carol Burnett. Yes. That was the first ever Carol Burnett Award at the Golden Globes. This coming Golden Globes 2020, 
they're going to give it to Ellen DeGeneres. What? Yeah. <laughs> You're so upset. I don't uh, like Ellen DeGeneres. No, but this is dumb. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I think you got to go older. She's old. She's not like 70. Agreed. Well, and here's the other thing. She's really only done one huge successful thing, and it's her talk show. Like, I know her sitcom, like, had a moment, mm -hmm. but it was short-lived, and then it ended in, like, in, like, a very bitter uh, fall from grace, yeah. right? And I know that she's, like, been kind of a symbol of, of uh, well, she, she's been a symbol for a community, and I think that's a good thing, but I don't really know that she deserves lifetime achievement, like... She's just a really rich lady who works on daytime TV. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's got a popular show. Yeah. She's powerful in the media in that way. Mm -hmm. She rallied better mm -hmm. than almost anybody does. Right. But I don't, I don't know that she has like demonstrated a breadth of skills and, 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 um, contributions to entertainment culture. If it started a bunch of years ago or like a couple of years ago and they gave it to Jon Stewart, what would you say? That would, be, that would be dumb. I think so, too. Yeah. And I think Jon Stewart's more impressive than Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, he is more impressive. Yeah. He, he doesn't what do... What he did. You know what Ellen's really guilty of? What's She's that? really guilty of what we call talkabouts. So this is where an interview, rather than asking a question, mm -hmm. says, talk about... Right. So tell them what your movie is about. That's a question. Watch for it. Every single interview Ellen does, that's a question. So tell them what it's about. Talk about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like Isn't that so lazy. It's almost like a fallback of like when you won the Super Bowl, how did that feel? Right. Like, oh, oh my God, it felt so amazing. And like, what answer are you expecting? A perverted need to remind people that she's friends with celebrities who are easily twenty five years younger than her. That's true. Uh, a reputation for being a bully to her staff. Oh, is that true? Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, not necessarily a nice person. Interesting. Not, Do you mean because of like the scaring the staff thing? <laughs> Is that no, what you mean by bullying? Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. Anyway, I don't know Ellen, but it's just something that really gets but under you're, my skin But you're about. catching vibes from her though. I don't want to give her a lifetime achievement award. No. You don't want to give her your ass. No, I don't. There you go. And there are so many other living TV legends. <laughs> that you don't want to give your ass? No, who deserve this award before Ellen. Totally. Yeah. What's... um. What's uh, Ray Romano doing? <laughs> He's stuck between the spindles. Yeah. Deborah. Deborah. I mean, I, I would say Oprah, mm -hmm. who certainly did the same thing Ellen has did. Everything Ellen has achieved, Oprah achieved. Yeah, but Oprah is Oprah. Well, and she got the Cecil B. DeMille Award like five years ago. She okay. got the movie uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. Which is a kind of pushing it also. Yeah. Well, you, okay. Even if they gave it to Jerry Seinfeld. That just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like the because right... Because of age? Because of age. I disagree. I think... You do? I, okay, I think, you think Sein, that's, Seinfeld that's, passes. Okay, I'm gonna... I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of on the fence bringing Seinfeld to the forefront, but I thought, you know what? That's that's the bar. I mean, lifetime achievement doesn't have to be your life is almost over and you've achieved a lot. Like, mm -hmm. you've... Uh, Tom Hanks is getting the, the Cecil B. DeMille Award this year. It's like, sure. he definitely has... He deserves a lifetime achievement. He's, He's gonna achieved. get one anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And he has achieved. Oh, he's achieved. Because I'm always going to turn the conversation back to Tom Hanks for the next 52 weeks. Uh, how's that going? What's What was the movie you did? Fine. Uh, did the, you do Cloud Atlas? 
No, I didn't do okay. Cloud Atlas. I did I ask you that every podcast. That's fine. Maybe I will eventually. I mean, I definitely will eventually. No, I did Big this week. Yeah. Which I'd seen a number of times. I don't think I've ever enjoyed it quite as much as I did this time. Because you it were was, really taking it in. I really was. It was very moving. That's available now, ColinSweets.com. I wrote okay. a thousand words on Big. I loved it. And I'm already... Uh, I've already written my piece for next week, which is a movie called Bachelor Party. Oh, interesting. That was Tom Hanks' second ever cinematic enterprise. Oh, I love it. The second theatrical movie he was ever in. He was the lead of it, mm -hmm. and it was vile. Really? It was, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to post what I wrote. Like, this is generally a good-natured celebration of an artist I love, this very, blog. Very crude. There is just no way for me to spin this. It's It's... It, everyone who worked on this should be like panicked uh, about about the fact that this is out there. Do, do you think Tom Hanks is just thinking like, oh God, I hope they never bring up. Wait till they honor Bachelor, Bachelor Party. Party. It is very shameful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the depths of Tom Hanks. I was just, and it wasn't like a bad movie that is fun to watch because it's bad. Yeah. It's a bad movie, but that's the least of its crimes. It's it, just guilty of everything you can imagine. It wasn't like, um, it was like them trying to do Animal House and it just being absolutely like way too far what is going on. Well, and that's what I wrote, in <laughs> fact. And, and Animal House doesn't age well anymore either. Mm -hmm. Like, but that, I, th I think post Scorsese Kubrick Lucas, mm -hmm. when like blockbusters were first entertaining and blockbusters, uh, the comedic subversion was to make movies that are stupid on purpose. Right. And people will think that's fun. And like stupid movies can be good, but because they were just made by a room full of um, unfuckable white guys, I think that they they are like narrowly funny mm -hmm. and and really inappropriate. Right. You got to get it's airplane or bust at that point. I guess so. I've never seen airplane. What? Never did. Oh my god! Tom Hanks is in it. You no, gotta watch not. it. No, he's not. You gotta watch. He's it. not in it. He plays the main guy. He plays the airplane. He would be on this list here that I've created. Oh, okay. Uh, if uh, airplane would be here, but it's not. And so I'm, I'm trying to balance like the good and the bad. The ones I know are probably not going to be <laughs> prestige Tom Hanks movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think having done uh, Bachelor Party, that buys me an opportunity to do like a really great one the week after. So I'm not sure what that's going to be. But we are coming up on uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Right. So I'll just go to the theater and make that that week. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, this and and by the time you you're done, he's gonna have like several movies come out. I think. Yeah, he'll probably have another four or five before as, as long as I finish the list. I stay on it, Top and five. and then he'll have more post like having finished as well. But then I can easily keep up with it. Just write a thousand words every six months mm -hmm. when he puts out a new movie. Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's Tom Hanks. Yep. As long as he stays with us. As long. Oh my God. I hope you didn't just jinx that. Me too. Me too. Hey, you uh, got you brought notes today. I did. God bless you. I um had I've been w keeping up a little bit with all of the Apple releases. Have you been seeing many of these? Well, I feel like there was just a flood of them. I wonder a little bit if we if we made a mistake by not uh, doing another Apple TV. Not show. doing Dickinson this week, which is kind of getting some. I didn't hear chatter. anything about it until like before this podcast, and I was looking up other stuff that was going on this week yeah i thought that seems really cool you know like jason manzukas and john mulaney are in it yeah <laughs> although the trailer did not show that at all really i just think in every which way apple has completely botched the rollout of apple tv plus well that's the thing i'm like whoa apple tv is doing some other stuff there's an m night Shyamalan show and there's is it a show i don't know i thought it was a show and then there's like a 
Jason Momoa show. The Jason Momoa show looks really weird. Yeah. And the headline I saw for it was like, who asked for this? What is this? What am I watching? <laughs> it was, uh, it's basically a combination of like bird box meets children of men. It's, Oh, everyone is blind. Oh, okay. Everyone's like already blind. Is it a thriller? It's a time. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. It kind of looks like, like visually looks like a combination of the revenant and I don't know, maybe Lord of the Rings. All right. <laughs> Which is a weird combination. And they're in a time where for hundreds of years, people haven't been able to see, but then two babies are born <laughs> and apparently they can see. Sure. I'm like, how do they know the babies can see? How do they know? What are, what are they getting from the babies that the, they're like, Oh, these babies must be able to see. So it's another chosen one story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then they're protecting the babies or maybe trying to get the babies. <laughs> I don't know what this show is about, really. Finally, I can find my glasses. <laughs> but it's, yeah. Hey, it's, if I get one of those babies, I can find the damn remote. They can be our guides. <laughs> and, but, like, here's the thing they're so self sufficient without vision. Like, yeah. they, they're doing everything by sound anyway. So, like, God. It's grass just, is always greener, guys. I guess that's why he turned up on SNL there the other week. I think he's just in New York. And now that he's done the show, they're like, Hey, Jason Momoa, you want to come on whenever? Like, you're a friend of the show now. And you, we know you're willing to just... Be silly. Wear, you know, nipple tassels and... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... I mean, we're going to talk about the morning show a little bit later, but I, I just can't believe how poorly they've they've rolled out Apple TV+. Plus, Especially where, like, Disney Plus has already over a million subscribers yeah. and they don't even exist yet. Yeah. They'll exist in six days. But, like, already a million people are on board for this thing and Apple TV+, Plus. like, most people don't even know what it's called. Mm-hmm. And your your big show is a show about like morning news people. You made that good point last week, and and I agree with that. And I actually said that to a couple other people. I was like hijacking your point and yeah. saying like, isn't it kind of weird that they're doing that? I, and it's and it's incredibly expensive. I mean, I guess mm. while we're talking about it, we'll talk a little bit about it. But like, it, it Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon each got paid two million dollars an episode. Mm-hmm. Two million dollars an episode. An episode. So that's just like they were desperate to put these two people on TV, and whatever they wanted to do was going to be the thing that was their prestige show. Mm-hmm. But it was just a bad idea for that to be the thing. Yeah, it could have been anything. Maybe they had to get them to buy in it, buy into it, and that was maybe. I don't know who wrote um, the. I almost called it the newsroom. It might as well be the newsroom. <laughs> uh, I don't know who wrote the morning show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess like the the Me Too of it all kind of gives it some relevance only sort of though like that's not really even what the show is about it's just about like jennifer aniston being angry yeah anyway we don't need she to talk real about angry her she's very very hostile in it um the m night Shyamalan trailer it's uh it's called the servant okay this trailer is so weird okay well yeah but but so spooky so very on par for m night Shyamalan. the trailer begins and there's a couple and they're like Hey, the new babysitter seems great. She's so like whatever. Like we think she's, and then it just shows the husband like walk into the baby's room and like the baby can see lift the baby up by the legs. No, the baby's not real. Ah. So it's a doll baby because they like lost their previous baby. And the husband seems kind of like, you know, this is the only thing that like makes the wife not crazy. So, Oh, he's going along with it. But then the, the babysitter is like super going along with it. So that's another, and it just seems like there are so many twists, like the twist that the babysitter is just like, that's fine, Mr. Wilson. Like, 
Edgar needs to go for his walk right now. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm kind of compelled by that. That sounds kind of it, cool. It sounds kind of yeah. I was I was intrigued while I was watching it, but the even the doll baby they use looks so creepy. Like yeah. it's very. Uh, I mean, we know M Night Shyamalan's instinct as a writer is to give you one big mind blowing twist. Totally. Sometimes they're really cool. It'd be interesting if they just spoiled that in the trailer. There's probably something under there that we can't predict at all. Right oh, one hundred percent. And and that was the thing. By the end of it, you were starting to like turn on the husband like the, mm. the father you're like wait is he doing something weird here i would also really like for him to have another big thing because it's so i kind of sympathize with his late 90s i don't want to call it a fall from grace because he didn't do anything particularly bad but do you remember that people magazine cover where it's a picture of m night Shyamalan and the caption was the next spielberg yeah and that did not pan out well that's a lot of pressure but that's the thing. But like, maybe he's relieved to not be the next Spielberg. Maybe yeah. he's come out the other side. But like, there's probably a dark ten years in there for the, him. Where the he's master like, of shock and awe, maybe. Yeah, that's I what guess. they should call him. Shock and awe. Yeah, M Night Shock and Awe. <laughs> <laughs> right. He and I are birthday buddies. Are they? Yeah. Are they? That's true. Them two. You and him. He and me are both born on October. <laughs> no. Yeah, whoa. Nope. Whoa. Nope. <laughs> I was like. Seriously? Nope. It's August 6th. <laughs> uh, I need to go back on vacation. Yeah. It's been a rough four days for you. Three days. So are you going to watch this, uh, this I'm baby gonna, show? I'm definitely going to watch that. I'm going to watch Dickinson. I'm not going to watch the the baby with the, the vision show. The babies can see? The babies. It's actually, right. that's what it's called. Babies can see? No, it's just called see. Ew. <laughs> I hate that. That's so dumb. Yeah. The servant is a little bit more like... You know, that's a little bit more ominous. I like that name. Who's the servant? The babysitter? I, that's what I think. Okay. But maybe there's a whole like servant to God or servant to Satan twist there. Oh, maybe. You know, it could be so deep. It sounds pretty scary. Yeah. It it looks scary. Yeah. But I might watch it. I watched uh, Seth Meyers' new stand-up special. Yeah. Oh, man. It must have been so good. It's good. Okay. You're not in it's, love with it. No, it's really good. It's... As opposed to so many stand-up specials now that feel half-baked, parts of it feel a little over-baked, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a feeling a lot of these jokes he's been running when he gets a few days to go to a quick little college circuit for, like, five years. Because he's been so busy doing the show, and I have to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the Lobby Baby story, from which the special gets its name, is not a five-year-old bit. But it is very tired. He's told that story so many times. And it's right. easily the low point of the show. And this it's it's him having a lobby baby yeah his, his wife, wife his wife like they're on their birth they're on their way out to go to the hospital and the baby just comes out yeah uh and that's a great story the first time like when he did it at the desk the day after it happened yeah. it was awesome tv right and it's not the special has lots of good jokes and he's very charming in it but he's just very scripted in it yeah um which is his style true true yeah. he's kind of like mulaney that way and there's a couple of moments that feel like Mulaney. There's right. a couple of jokes that are like, I'm not sure if Mulaney gets that from you or vice mm -hmm. versa, but they go way back. Everyone was tagging him in Instagram posts. So like all of the comedians between like Neil Brennan, uh, Taron Killam, John Mulaney, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Kroll. See, like this is a, this is a talk show host who doesn't need to tell everybody that he's friends with everybody. Jimmy Kimmel is another one. Like Jimmy Kimmel has more celebrity friends oh, yeah. than Ellen does. And you yeah. just know. You just know. Because mm -hmm. he just has these legendary parties that other people talk about. I'm he just saying. Really talk about them. Go with your gut. Yeah. Go with your gut. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you should watch that. Oh, the other thing that's interesting about it is, and I don't know if it works for you. It might depend on 
the um the the service with which you use netflix Mm -hmm. like the device but the the buzzworthy thing to note about it is that some people want to be able to consume Seth Meyers without being inundated with politics all the time. And so they have included, they've embedded in the video a skip button for when he gets to politics. Yeah. Which is a cool idea, but it didn't work when I watched it on Apple TV. Oh, no. It didn't work. So I, I use Netflix through Apple TV and he's like, okay, we're going to have a skip button here right now. And then he stops, but then there's no button to press. So I don't know. Maybe you have to watch it on your laptop. Was the political stuff very funny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's worth watching anyway. Right. And that's a good example of how he he can do material. He's obviously had ample opportunity to make Trump jokes every single night, not while doing stand-up comedy. Right. And he still can come up with something different. And is the skip button supposed to work? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I mean, I, th- I think so. Yeah. I It might be like when I tried to watch Bandersnatch on my Apple TV. Oh, right. And I couldn't. It just wasn't happening. Maybe if you watch on a laptop or an iPad or something, it'll work. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Maybe it's just through Apple TV that it kind of messes up. Apple TV is a pain in the butt, man. That's the other there thesis of this podcast. There you go. So Jeopardy James came back tonight. What for? Tournament of Champions. Oh, interesting. Did he win? I haven't watched it yet. It's happening right now as we tape. Whoa. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't want to postpone. I can watch it after you leave. Yeah, that's true. But it'd be interesting to find out if he if he can hold his own against other greats. Other champions. I'm sure he can. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he's obviously got the knowledge, but timing was a very big part of his game. And the luck of the Daily Double was right. ultimately what did him in. Mm-hmm. And so what, playing with other people who were great on the game, like great at the show, means he's playing with other people who had good timing because you need timing to be a good Jeopardy player. Right. So it will be challenging for him. Yeah. I'm, uh, God, I, I don't even know the schedule. All I was thinking of in my head was the schedule of Jeopardy. Does the tournament of champions happen at the same time every year? Yeah. Do you I know? Like, roughly. okay, we're in, we're in tournament of champion season at this point. I mean, I know cause I watch Jeopardy. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like, like, we yeah, playoffs are coming up, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And they have teachers week, like every yeah. now and then they just take a hiatus from regular gameplay to do teachers or college week or all these different High themes. School, yeah. yeah. I think there's two different tournament, tournament of champions. I could be wrong about that. Nice. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Like probably during their like sweeps. Probably so. Times, if there are those anymore. We, do you have any more notes you want to bring up? Anything else? Uh, gotta, no, just uh, the end of the effing world. Oh yeah, I know. Season two's out. Did you watch any of them? No, but I heard good reviews. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I was. Uh, I saw a Rolling Stone review that said uh, a perfect ending undone. Oh, interesting. So I, w- I thought that was referencing the first, the fact that the first season ended perfectly, and then they're trying to string this. Yeah, out. I mean, but I don't know. I wouldn't say it ended perfectly because it was open ended, right? Yeah. It. I mean, you could argue that an open ending is a really nice ending, and and certainly had they not come back for a season two, I would have been fine with that because yeah. it was a beautiful season of television. Right. Um, but I'm excited that it's back, yeah. and I saw a trailer for it, and I was like really excited. Yeah, it like, didn't look bad. Her that friggin' accent of hers and the way she talks, and she's yeah. just like, and he's so crazy. Like it's funny. I remember her better, but like, but the, he's not in the trailer at all. Is he not? No. No, but you remember how like the show is built around he has like homicidal instincts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think about that when I think about the show. I just think about how how interesting she was. Yeah. I kind of forget her. Oh, I don't. It was within the last two years, but yeah. gotta watch again. Oh, I love that show. I, I'm definitely gonna watch that. I've watched a couple of atypicals. I think I'm cooling on atypical. Yeah. It's it's getting a little formulaic, maybe. It's just very goofy. You know what else I found? 
something I can't help but notice about their their house, the set. Uh, I don't know if they film it in an actual house or if it's a set, but it's filthy. Really? Like there's, it's a funny thing in TV where everything is so pristine that it's just like unbelievable how clean uh, the the Everybody Loves Raymond house is. Mm-hmm. This house is the opposite <laughs> of that. Like if you look in the corners at the baseboards, it's freaking filthy. And it also is a weird standout to me that they have outdated appliances. They just like made some weird choices that most TV creators don't make. And I'm not even necessarily against it because I, I, I actually can't even tell if the house is a real house. Huh. And it probably isn't. And maybe part of that is because it looks like a real house. Yeah. But it's a it's an interesting creative decision <laughs> to make the house kind of grimy. How much thought did they put into this? Or did they put very little? Maybe very and little. And just were like, let's just use this house. I don't really try know. To make it look better. Hopefully no eagle eyes pick out how dirty it is. <laughs> I should start tweeting them. Yeah. Can you guys clean up your house? What's the story on the dirty house? <laughs> It's just like a little bit dirty and very cluttered, but that's not uncommon for sitcoms. Mm, true. True. Uh, did you want, actually, I think maybe that's where Jen gets her cleaning style from is from like the way houses look on TV. It should look that clean. Yeah. Man, that's excellent for you. It is. It is. But there's like, she started cleaning tonight and, and then I think she starts to like rope me into it. And I'm like, we're looking after your cousins this weekend. Like, it's going to be so dirty. So you do get roped into it. You end up having to well, do half the cleaning. If No, I don't even necessarily because she'll be like, you don't have to do anything. Like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, well, no, I'll do stuff too. Right. But I just know that I don't need to. And I know she doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah, you are in a position to fully take advantage of her, her obsessive cleaning. Yeah, but you still feel kind of weird just sitting on the couch. Oh, you got to do like, something. It's all happening. Yeah. 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 So this is interfering with your relaxation is that what you're saying um no only when i'm like actually maybe maybe that that is kind of the the way of of putting it yeah because i am kind of just trying to (laughs) relax right and if you clean a house once a week or whatever you shouldn't have to like clean it again on tuesday that's right like she was gonna go full meal deal like okay so i'm gonna sweep and then i'm gonna swiffer and then i'm gonna vacuum and i'm like why are you doing the same thing three times basically like i i understand they're all good methods of cleaning but you could probably go with like just two of them vacuuming and swiffering yeah or you oh, know. we definitely do that. Like if we don't want to do like a full thing, we don't want to give the whole day to cleaning. We'll vacuum, but I'm not going to mop. Yeah. We have that all the time. Totally. Oh, absolutely. The now, only time I would ever mop is if I like spilt Pepsi on the ground and then it dried up over three days and you really had to get it off. This is a compulsive tendency on her part. So it yeah. obviously brings her a sense of satisfaction to have cleaned the house as it does for most so. people. I love when the house is clean and you've done a great job. Yeah. But... I can pick and choose a handful of things to feel good about if not every single thing on the list gets done in one afternoon. Whereas I wonder if Jen needs to check all those boxes in order to feel the satisfaction of having done the job at all. Yeah, it's. I think it's even less of a of a satisfaction. Like, okay, it's more of like a... Relief? Uh, yeah, mm. I just need to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Is she afraid of dirt? Like if she, if she were to go to someone else's house and it wasn't pristine, would that bother her? Well, I, I sometimes do like storm into the living room and say like, if you don't make dinner, I'm going to like empty this dustpan on the ground. <laughs> you do wield a lot of power. That's true. I'm uh, I'm drunk with power. No, no. Uh, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know. What was your original question? I just wanted to make a joke about it. If you and Jen were to come over here, would I have to obsessively like spit shine the entire house? No, no, not at all. No, no. Because I don't like for the house to be dirty, especially when comedy's coming over anyway. But you see it as it is in its natural state because you're here so often. Yes. No, she uh, she does pick up on the cleanliness of other people's homes, but it has to be very bad for her to ever say something. Okay. Like, the, your house is very clean. It's fine. It's okay. We have two cats. It's good. It can, it's, t- it's okay for two cats. I'm sure it's fine. I don't know. I can't put myself in her head. <laughs> I, I, <shouldn't, laughs> I don't know what she I shouldn't say. ask you to. We've talked enough about Jen. Poor Jen. <laughs> they have another fascinating casting mm-hmm. coming from Matt Reeves, the Batman. So we've heard nothing but really, <clears throat> really wise casting choices up until now. Robert Pattinson and, and Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright from, from Westworld is going to play Commissioner Gordon. Which one's Jeffrey Wright? He's the black guy from, from Westworld. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and so now we have Alfred. Mm-hmm. And they've done an interesting thing with Alfred where he has... I and mean, we did the show Pennyworth recently on the podcast where yeah. they've like younged him down mm-hmm. in every which direction. They've ninjified Alfred. Are they going to make him super old in this one? No, he's young. Okay. Maybe the youngest ever. Oh. It's Andy Circus. Oh. Which I think is cool, man. Yeah. Why not? But it's just so far in left field that I never would have picked him. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing we watched recently that had Andy Circus in it? I don't know. I don't know, but this does kind of feel like an effort to slightly ninjify Alfred. And certainly I understand uh, having a younger Alfred if Bruce is younger, Mm -hmm. as he is. Um, But, you know, Bruce Wayne's 30. I could have been at peace also with Alfred being 60 and and Andy Serkis is not 60. But isn't he? Alexa, how old is Andy Serkis? Andy Serkis is 55 years old. Pretty close. He was born it's on close. April 20th, 1964. Do you want to know how much money? Like to know the net worth <laughs> <laughs> no. I wonder if I could like... Alexa, you are a pig. <laughs> She's so tacky. Uh, is it worth going to his New Year's ball? <laughs> Will the catering be worth it? Um, Should you be friends with Andy Serkis? Is there a way I can, I can make her stop asking that what? awful question? Maybe you can just ask her to. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Probably not. You can't tell these bot ladies <laughs> how to live their life. You can't tell them. Well, he looks good for 55. Hey, Alexa, don't spy on me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you just She's stay quietly. quiet. <laughs> That's exactly what, what I would do yeah. if I was spying on someone. Anyway, Andy Serkis. I, I'd like to see him in more acting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, a pioneer of motion capture CGI performance. He deserves an Academy Award for that down the road. Totally. Uh, we want to talk about lifetime achievement. Yeah. Um, but but just as a he, he it, must have an Academy Award already. Oh no no, there is no motion oh, capture gotcha. award. He would get one for sure. Yeah, and maybe they should consider incorporating some more animation and computer related yeah. categories for the Academy Awards. Or could he be considered for voiceover? There is no Academy Award for voiceover. No, and it's not voiceover. He played Gollum. He was straight up Gollum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. What a weird guy. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating actor. So mm. cool. Um, Rudy Bosch died. You know who Rudy Bosch is? No. First season of Survivor. Oh, yes. He was 91. 91, the oldest guy ever to play Survivor. Yeah. 
still the oldest That's because now they just have like their token old person is like 55 years old yeah. and everyone else is 21. He was on with the same the same season as Richard. Richard Hatch, he made the final 3 with Richard Hatch. Yeah. They stayed friends. Did he they? Was, yes. Were they friends on the show too? Yeah, he was part of the original alliance. Right. And he was like the only one who didn't leave bitter because he understood that that Richard played the game well. That's Survivor's such a good um metaphor for life how quickly you just get into teams and start trying to work that to your benefit but that was created in his season i mean obviously the first Mm -hmm. season but they had like 16 people come out and a bunch of people just thought they were on vacation yeah until it occurred to richard like if we vote in a block like if we make a pack and then suddenly they'd go to tribal council and people would decisively be voted out and the people who are on the outside of this alliance were like how is this happening like yeah what's and that was how alliances were invented Yeah. And Rudy Bosch was, uh, he was for it. He was a former Navy SEAL. Yep. Um, I think he was one of the original Navy SEALs. And uh, and he uh, had Alzheimer's, unfortunately. But uh, uh, 91, so that's a heck of a long life. How old was he when he was on the show? He must have been like... Like 70. 70s. Yeah, or even like late 60s, I think. It was a long time ago, right? I was in elementary school. Yeah. Wow. But he was always an old man. He was always an old man, as long as we've known him. <laughs> and he came Rudy back, was too. Old. Maybe like 10 years ago, he came back when he was like 81. My God. And did one of the all-star runs. When he was 81. Yeah, I think You're so. You're kidding me. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing, but I know he came back at He one must point. have been like still kind of Alzheimer-y. I don't know. And I, I don't even say that as a joke. Like he still must have had like a, a touch of Alzheimer's. Well, I, I don't know about his mind, but I, it seems to me he came back and he was but like... But his body was banging. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, I think he, like, couldn't... He couldn't physically yeah. do anything survivor-based anymore, but uh, a badass, to be sure. Yeah, yeah. Long live. Kelsey Grammer has confirmed the Frasier reboot is, in fact, in the works, so they're aiming for a t- mid-2020 release. Man, were people asking for this? No, but I think that these... <laughs> literally no one. Frazier, we're coming back in 2020. Right, but this is all the shows. We yeah. got to do it. We got to get that Will and Grace money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was a good idea. It wasn't a catastrophe, but I don't <laughs> know if that makes it a good idea. I know, and I love how they're like the final season of Will and Grace. It's like what we really did the you final season until you come season. back in 10 years again. Yeah, call this like Will and Grace point five or something. And also, Kelsey Grammer has played Frazier. For like, he played him for like 22 years or something insane. Nobody, yeah. no sitcom actor has ever played the same character for that long. Right. And now you want to bring it back. Just another version of like, like hearing Kelsey Grammer be like, oh, uh, uh, Donald Trump is sad. This is fake news. Right. I don't want people to accuse me of that. Which like, they do in... Will and Grace, the reboot, which yeah. they do in Roseanne, the reboot, which they did in Murphy Brown, the reboot. Oh Remember God. how bad that Atrociously. Was? Atrociously. And yeah. they just are so, they're so cloyingly desperate to show that it comes out now. That's one of these episodes. Uh, they didn't talk about the president when those shows were first no, on. They just need to immediately timestamp it yeah. and, and let people know like, okay, we're sending you right back to 2019 and here's how we're letting you know. Right. You watch an episode of Friends, you have no idea who the president is. No. It's true. I would I would watch the second episode of the show if the first episode does not mention anything specifically about 2019. That's an integrity move to you. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the ultimate integrity. That's move. your challenge, Frazier. Mm-hmm. Meet that high bar. Step up. I if I remember this challenge, I'll watch it. I'm really excited to talk about this. This is this is the most interesting thing we have to talk about this okay. week. So, uh, let me set the scene assuming you don't know what I'm about to bring up. Uh, 
four or five years ago, a movie called um, Captain America Civil War came out and it featured a flashback sequence wherein Robert Downey Jr. via the uh, the amazing technology allowed by um, by Disney's, you know, richest and most powerful creators, they were able to digitally graft the face of a younger Robert Downey Jr., the movie star, onto present-day Robert Downey Jr. to make him look like he was, in fact, 17 years old. And that was remarkable. And then the next year, uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story came out. And not only were they able to do the same thing with Carrie Fisher's 19-year-old face, they were able to put her face digitally on a different actor altogether. And they were able to resurrect the look of late actor Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin on another actor altogether. And suddenly these people, granted imperfectly, were there on our screens once again. Mm -hmm. And this raised the question, how long is it before we're just able to put anybody who's ever lived in anything? So next year, a Vietnam War movie uh, called Finding Jack will star a digitally resurrected James Dean. Right. I, I saw this. Are they? Do they already have some like outtakes from it or something? Like, how are they getting his voice for it? I mean, he's been on film before. Yeah, and I don't know that his voice will be his voice. Okay. I, I, I mean, like, I think probably if they wanted to digitally recreate you and me, they have a few hundred hours of our voice that could do that. I mean, he was only in three movies, but they can find a way to pull that off. I think the voice mm -hmm. is the least interesting thing. Yeah. Well, if they're looking for a voiceover actor for James Dean. You do a good James you Dean. You and I are available. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm James Dean. They just, Yo, you want me to go to Vietnam? <laughs> they just Hey, you got it. They Boss. just use audio outtakes from the show show and they build a movie around it. <laughs> hey, wait a second. They didn't ask our permission. That wasn't Liam Neeson yeah. and Vigo Mortensen. I find this pretty cool. And and, and it it is neat. It's it has it's, it has been approved by his estate, by his family. They say go. It is already being discussed like it's like it's unethical mm -hmm. because we're not really asking the permission it of James kinda Dean. It does kind of like kind of kind of unsettles me a little bit. It it does seem a little unsettling. It's not very sacred, I will say that. It's like it is it going to have to be written into actors wills that you're not allowed to like use my my likeness or my 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 image? You're not allowed to use me as a full-on actor. You could just kill me. Well, <laughs> yeah. And like it's unfortunate because like part of the reason his estate is allowing it is because they're going to get paid for it. Yeah. Um, There's going to be so many more celebrity murders after this is, this goes through. <laughs> Cause the only reason they weren't getting murdered before is because <laughs> we got to see that movie. We need them for the movie. <laughs> you know, I we just, could, I so would, but I haven't seen that sequel yet. Gosh, I need this actor, but I want to <laughs> do it on the cheap. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's pretty cool. I, th I think it would be really sad if we canceled this idea out of some hypothetical ethic principle, mm -hmm. not having seen it done yet. Right. Like It's more than likely going to be very respectful to the legend of James Dean. And we're not going to come away from this going, well, James Dean has made four movies now. Right. Everyone's going to know the difference. And it's the first one, too. Is, he, is it going to star him? I don't know about that. I think it's probably just going to have him in it a little bit. I think it'd be a little crazy for it to be like starring James Dean. But you know what? If you have a problem with this, if you think that this is uh, 
if this is abusing the lack of agency in a person who's no longer here, then you can make the same argument for putting Tupac at Coachella mm. or Michael Jackson. Not that anyone would do that anymore. Right. But these holograms that show up at, <laughs> at concerts, that's the same thing. It's just a, it's a less impressive technology. Yeah. Yep. You're right. I, uh, I reserve my judgment on it until I see it. Oh, thanks. And decide whether I'm thank, okay th with it. Thanks for bringing a, <laughs> a, a clear idea. Having even known about this already, which kind of surprises me, mm -hmm. you have no thoughts on it at all? No, I, I saw it in passing. I like scrolled past the headline. I was like, Neh. it's just such a such a deep fake. Like we're already worried about the deep fake thing. Well, that's right. We're deep faking movies now. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yep. That, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You worry about how they're going to... That's all it is. It's just a really impressive deep fake. And that's scary. I think it, it all comes from me being worried that in two years, we're going to tune into an episode of the show show that wasn't us. Yeah. It's deep fake show show. You might have an inflated idea of how many people listen to the show show. It's so many. <laughs> <laughs> and And... Apple's out there and Amazon's out there and they're trying to make their, their money Sure, and they're looking for a flagship show mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And who else could that be than us? <laughs> it's no just one. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck doing the show show. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an incredible idea. I think they should do that. I'm into it. I'm not granting them my likeness. I am. <laughs> Either one of them. Go for uh, it. Can't wait to see what you can do. Uh, this is not going to hold up in court. I'm not even sure uh, Matt Damon needs a deep fake. I think he can pull off either one of us. That's true. I believe it. You want to talk about chops? Talk about shows? Yeah, let's do it. It is your turn to go first. Would you prefer to recap The Morning Show or His Dark Materials? I think I'm definitely going to go with The Morning Show. <laughs> Obviously. <and> I, <laughs> Obviously. I did not... I did not prepare anything uh, specific. I thought you were going to say, I did not goddamn understand his dark <laughs> materials because <laughs> I didn't. I was close to saying that. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but I, I haven't really thought about the first episode of the morning show since watching it. I'm three episodes deep now. Okay. How many are you? Just the one. Just the one. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm good on it though. Okay think we're all right you know what happened in the first i know episode. what happened but i just don't want to say things that happened in the second and third episode okay all right well just give me the basic premise okay three two one go okay so uh jennifer aniston and steve carell are on a morning show steve carell finds out the that particular morning that he is getting fired not to go in jennifer aniston finds out she has to do the show solo um all while this is happening um Reese Witherspoon is out on location for a small news channel and she ends up getting into it with a Cole uh, supporter um, and ends up being interviewed on her show and she didn't like her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Her, she has like kind of a rant while on location because she's passionate. Yeah. And her rant goes viral. I actually kind of loved the, uh, how she sold the rant. Really? It was just her screaming her face off. Okay. It made me laugh. It, yeah, it made, that's, you, made that's, you laugh. Yeah. It made you laugh. I, I think that's... Yeah, I wasn't saying that she was... I didn't... I wasn't compelled by it. No. I I, I think Reese Witherspoon is terrible in this show. Do you? Like, like amazingly terrible. This yeah. is an Academy Award winning person. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Jen's good. I think she's really good. Yeah. I think she's needlessly hostile. I love that you're on a Jen level with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all? You and Jen. Isn't she supposed to be queen relatable? Uh-huh. I think she's Jen to all of us. Reese, on the other hand, 
did not work for me at Miss all. Witherspoon. <laughs> Miss W. Didn't sell for me at all. No. no. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, just the run-of-the-mill routine of having to wake up to be in media at 3.30 in the morning. It kind of resonates. I've done that a whole lot of times. Sure. Um, I don't find uh, staying awake at 3.30 in the morning difficult at all when you no. know you have to get up for a broadcast. And I find it weird that like Mark Duplass is clearly trying to get a hold of her and she is just flagrantly ignoring him. Yeah, and so is uh, Steve Carell. For no reason. She's also like, I, I thought she was behind it all at first. Yeah. But he ends up- And that would have made sense because she was clearly melancholy. Yeah, she's clearly ignoring it. But she's at the same time, she's like on the treadmill. She's listening to music. She's doing like all these different things I also don't the think morning. there's time for any of that. Like no. you have to get from your apartment to like say the Today Show. Right. In time to put on a four-hour TV broadcast. Yeah. And you're getting up at 3.30, you don't have time to go to the gym or no. even take a shower. I mean, you got to take a shower, you're getting on TV. But like, um, and then the whole thing where it's like a really panic-induced thing that she has to do the show alone. That's also weird because that, that would have happened. It would have happened. Yeah. Like, she's a pro- professional. She's a legend. She's pe- been on TV for years, people right? People have called in sick. and It sucks to have to go on mic and on camera and, and, and honestly, brutally discuss this betrayal of your uh of your co-host did you say in your recap that he gets me too'd and fired yes yeah i think i started with that right and so that's that's strenuous to her understandably i guess and then we flash back to steve carell's host where he's got like a pr crisis team Mm -hmm. crowded around his living room and they're watching her um deliver the news and he kind of feels like he's been thrown under the bus yeah he's 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 delivering all of these ridiculous platitudes these like me too era platitudes mm-hmm. about uh about how he didn't do anything wrong and it was consensual and, yeah and then like really obvious narcissisms yeah that that don't even make him like even a little bit feel like a three-dimensional mm-hmm. character did you feel like that uh, yeah i the thing that i noticed was after a couple episodes you start to to see they start to can it starts to go a little bit deeper with right. him and you start to see kind of more of a, a human side. Like so they, he sticks around. They really make, yeah, yeah. I, wanna, I think he's in the whole series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he tears the TV off the wall. Tears the TV off the wall. felt like the, the skater hits boy with, music hits, video. Hits it with a golf club. Give me a break. Was it a golf club? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why do you just so. have a golf club in the living room? You know, you, when you do, you have yeah. a golf club. And then his wife divorces him and she's like, I'm divorcing you. I haven't haven't, liked you for a while. I haven't loved you in forever. Yeah. There's just a lot of very stupid stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time with this show. I didn't didn't think it was that good. No? And I'll watch more because I'm curious about it and because it's a big deal. You know, you pay anybody that much money. I guess I'll watch it for a few episodes. Uh, And I like Jen Aniston. Yes. Jenny A. Jenny A. Um, But I had problems with almost everything else about it. Yeah. It felt like it felt like Studio 60 the newsroom to me. You know, and what? I liked those shows. The more I watch it, the the less I like Jennifer Aniston in it, the angrier she gets. Right. And the more I kind of am asking myself questions about the other characters. But you know Not how, necessarily like being totally on board yet. You know how like sanctimonious the newsroom felt about how like it wasn't really about the integrity that it preached, it was about that you knew it had integrity at all. Right. I kind of feel the same thing as exhibited here. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not really a show about the Me Too movement, is it? It's it's a show about these people who are tangentially affected by the 
misgivings of some asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, do the victims ever show up in the show? Actually, to this point, not yet. It seems like a really big episode. oversight if you want this to be your big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jennifer Aniston's like, she's a good actor, and I guess I want to know what happens with the character, but like this lady's just like a mean lady who's having a tough time at work, but she has millions of dollars. Look right. at her apartment. I don't really feel that bad for well, her. Well, if anything, they kind of like soften what Steve Carell is and make it seem like, you know, maybe it is more of a gray area. Right. Which is kind of weird. Well, he's not a Harvey Weinstein, to be fair. No. I mean, unless there's something we don't know yet. Like he's to eat. According to him, he had a couple of consensual affairs. So like, yeah, he was, he was not a good husband. Yeah. And he was a cocky son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And he abused his power. Yes. But he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily. Um, no, they, they really go to lengths to like to show that. you that he's not like a predator. Right. Well, he's not, in that case, he's not Matt Lauer, which is the obvious Right. Which is the obvious comparison to draw. And there is kind of an allusion to the little button that shuts the door. Oh, there is. In one of the rooms. Yeah. Like, there's literally a person clicking a button and shutting a door. And I don't know if it was supposed to be in his dressing room. Right. But it's, it's a really weird thing to include. It's like way too on the nose. I wonder if that happens all the time, though. I wonder if, like, everybody has these buttons. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. And maybe it's not always for nefarious reasons. Maybe it's just because you want some goddamn privacy. To be honest, I kind of wish I had a button that closed the door. Yeah? Yeah. At work? I have a weighted door at work. Yeah. Yeah. Your door shuts as soon as someone walks in. I just wish I didn't have a window in that door. Because my, my back is to that door. Mm-hmm. It, dry, I, it makes me so paranoid. But people want to make sure that you're not on air when... Okay, you're one of the only people who checks at all. Like sometimes people linger for way too long oh. in that window, and I just know because oh. I've spent so much time in there. I, it's not because I can see them; my back is to them. And you, and you're a different story because I'm totally comfortable with you. Sure. And uh, Kate, who's our coworker, is also my friend, and mm-hmm. she is always very. She always politely knocks, but there are certain people who just blast into the room. Yeah, and it's very distressing. <laughs> Next time I come in, I'm going to. Take two steps, jump in the air, and just throw my shoulder <laughs> into the door. Okay. Ah! All right. You could do that if you That'd want be to. Fun. You wouldn't be the first person. I kind of have like a power rankings thing okay. that I did. Just quickly. Okay. Based on the three stars. Steve Carell, Jen Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Who is the biggest star there? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So we have an Academy Award winner. We have yes. a two-time Academy Award nominee. Yes. Two times. So wait, Steve Carell is the two-time nominee? That's correct, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of Foxcatcher and The Big Short? Uh, uh, Vice? I think it was The Big Short. Definitely Foxcatcher. Yeah. Uh, and Jennifer Aniston, who is on... Oh, no, I think it was Vice. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Okay. We're getting... Uh, and she is was, at the time, the highest-paid sitcom actress of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, has been... Has, has certainly had a successful movie career as well. Well, how, well, how do you... That's where I'm going to... That's where I'm going to call into question. Okay. Like her movies, her biggest movies are arguably. So we start out Office Space. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. big movie. Yeah. Well, cult hit. I would, I would, I would venture to say it probably didn't make huge bucks at the box. So office. here's the thing. Like that's, that's kind of the line that we walk with her movies, the breakup. And I could get corrected by, by Jade on this next week, but the breakup, Wanderlust, Horrible Bosses, We're the Millers. 
and a 60-minute internet video for Windows 95 that her and Matthew Perry did. <laughs> Very nice. I think Horrible Bosses did quite well. It, it did well commercially. Yeah. But, like, you know, as far as blockbusters go, you know, I don't think we're going to be bouncing our kids on our laps in 20 years and talking about we're the Millers with them. No, probably not. That'd you be know? a weird thing to be doing anyway. <laughs> well, we, you're going to be doing it with Big, probably. Sure. So does does she have like a a, a big hearted classic Steve, in her? She spent ten years on a classic. Steve Carell has yeah she does. So that's her TV thing. So did Steve Carell. Steve Carell has The Office. Yeah. He has Anchorman. Yep. He has Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah. He he has Forty Year Old Virgin more than Anchorman. Like I know he's an important part of Anchorman. Sure. Anchorman, that's Anchorman not his vehicle. Anchorman is what got him The Office and Forty Year Old Virgin. That's the reason I include it. So I think interesting. It's, close to the top of the pyramid and and importance for him interesting but the top of the pyramid for him is the office obviously then anchorman then 40 year old virgin which was like his blockbuster hit right which got him things like despicable me and minions Mm -hmm. vice crazy stupid love which i just kind of threw in there as like an aside uh little miss sunshine which i think was also important to show the um kind of more serious acting he could do yep which is all he does now and the big short and I don't even have Foxcatcher oh, yeah. and Beautiful Boy and, you know, some of the more you should. serious. There's a movie I, called I the, haven't even watched them yet. There's a movie called The Way, Way Back, which everyone should watch. It's a lovely movie. Yeah. Um, where he does not play a very nice guy. Oh. Um, well, now that you put it all out there, it kind of sounds like he has the best crossover between commercial and critical success. I think he really does. And then Reese Witherspoon... Okay, so I wasn't able Legally to- Blonde is good. And does she have back end on the Broadway show? Like, does she have- I bet she does. That wouldn't hurt her. No. Um, so we got Legally Blonde. Yep. We got, uh, let's throw in Big Little Lies. We'll talk about, uh, what other Reese Witherspoon vehicles are there? Well, like Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Sure. Some We got some rom-coms uh, in there. Or Christmases. Is that one? The one with yeah. Vince Vaughn, the Christmas one? I'm just thinking of like weird movies she's been in, but she won an Oscar for for Walk the Line, of course, and Walk the Line, and then what was the one where she was uh, Cheryl Strayed? Wild, wild, yeah, that got some buzz a little bit. It too. did. I think she might have been nominated for a Globe for that. No other TV besides like her stuff on Friends. No, that was when she was 22. Yes, and she had a baby with Ryan Phillippe at that point. That's correct. Yeah, she That's had a baby in, in Legally Blonde. Crazy. Is it crazy? A 22-year-old having a baby? <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> no, I know. It's just, happened a few times. It just seems like, it seems like most people in Hollywood nowadays would wait till they're like 40 to have a baby. Well, I don't know. I don't know what her plans were. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling her out one way or another on it. It's just <laughs> a counter to what may happen. She's done a wonderful job of covering up an unfortunate uh, run-in with the police about six years ago where she pulled a Don't You Know Who I Am? Oh. After her husband had been pulled over for drunk driving and she was also shit faced. Oh. She didn't commit the crime. Her husband did. But she did pull out Don't You Know Who I she Am. She committed her own crime that night. It's ugly. Yeah. It's and she apologized for it, but it's it's ugly. Was she in So I weirdly don't think Reese Witherspoon is in the conversation between Steve Carell and Jen Aniston. Not that this adds anything to her, anything to her credibility, but was she in a wrinkle in time last year? I think she was. Yeah. That doesn't give her a whole lot of cachet, but <laughs> She, I mean, she's had a, a perfectly respectable career. I like Reese totally. Witherspoon. She's an A-lister. Yeah. There's no doubt there. But but for some reason, I just find Jennifer Aniston is more of an A-lister. Like, she joined 
Instagram and people lost their minds just because everyone's still obsessed with friends because she did a great job on friends. Okay, she did, but she wouldn't have done, she wouldn't have broken those Instagram records if not for the specific picture she uploaded. Like people were excited about what the photo was. And it was also friends adjacent, wasn't it? It was, it was a all picture six of all of the friends. All six <laughs> of them having dinner together. Like I get it. Like some right. publicist was brilliant when they said, look, I know you don't want to have Instagram. You've held up for a decade. Right. You should post that picture. You got you got a new show coming out. Like yeah. this is going to be, you should post that picture. Right. And she's like, okay, we should put it on Instagram. And that was smart. Um, but with what you said about her imperfect movie career, and mm -hmm. it has been one. She's always made movies, I guess is what I meant to say. Yeah. She's always been in lots of movies. Um, She's an A-lister, but it takes her to more of like a B standing as far as She does as these Adam Sandler comedies, though. Like, those are good for for your star. Totally. Being in an so Adam Sandler she thing. got like murder mystery, and uh, was there like one of the first dates movies or something? No, I... Yeah, I don't want to confuse her with Drew Barrymore, but she was, she was in some like Southern Destination Adam Sandler yeah. family comedy, right? Except it was raunchy. Um, I think it was okay too. I forget what it was, but um, because of her imperfect movie career, I actually don't think of her even as high a prestige actor as Steve Carell. No, and I don't know why that is because she's been more famous for longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think she's having a, I think, you know, I don't think any of the movies are atrocious. I haven't watched Murder Mystery, but like. I did. It's pretty fun. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So I don't think any of those movies are really bad. Uh, I think the breakup actually was like kind of a, a big thing at the time. She's in a movie called Cake a few years ago in which she gives a pretty heavy performance. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I think overall Steve Carell is kind of the, the biggest name in that. And he's kind of the smallest part of the show. What about Billy Crudup? Who's Billy Crudup? The like executive who's been brought in to like take over the news division. Oh yeah, he's he's not he's not awful. No, of course not. He's a good actor. Is he? What else is he in? He's been he's been around for a long time. Billy Crudup is a character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's very cartoony in this show. He's very cartoony. That's what yeah. I liked about it. Oh, okay. but I didn't recognize him from other things. You know who else was in this show? Who else? The guy who played the dad in Smart Guy plays Reese Witherspoon's boss at the local TV network before she gets brought in to the morning show. <laughs> Didn't pick up on He's that. like a little chunkier now, but he played Floyd Henderson on Smart Guy. One of the all-time great TV dads. Yeah. Big fan. Smart guy. Lots of iPhone close-ups in, in this show too. That's the only other thing I wanted to comment on. Like Every time somebody sends a text, they're like, make sure you get that this is the new iPhone. Hey, send this character an iMessage. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before Siri has a talk show. Yeah. <laughs> or when they're like, hey, Siri, call this guy for me. Nope, you, oh. oh, you triggered Siri. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> no. CCKC News Desk. No. <laughs> Why do you still have your college news desk programmed in your phone? Because I just have the same contacts list. All right. That's who it was, though. That's the radio yeah. station at the school I went to nine years ago. The platypus. Yeah. Well, it's just I have the same contact list they carry from phone to phone. Anyway, uh, okay, I don't give it my ass. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch more. Whoa! But I don't think it's that I don't think it's that um, contributive to the world. You know what else I don't like? I also wanted to nitpick this. I find it so annoying when we apply uh, family roles to the people on our morning show. Like it's very heavy handed. Oh, this yeah. illusion that they create that 
Alex and Lloyd or whatever. This Steve is your mom and dad. They're your, they're your, 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 your husband and wife. Your on, son and daughter. They used <laughs> to try and pull that a little bit with me and Chelsea Miller, and it was just too creepy. Yeah. It's so weird. And also, that's not They're letting anybody, you into your home every day. Nobody really feels that way. No. And also, what kind of show are they doing? Because it doesn't really look like the Today Show. There's no studio audience. There's no, like, window to look out onto... It, the, it's kind of Good Morning America. That's what the the like logo at, even kind of looks like. Good Morning America has a studio audience. They're just like in a private TV studio. There's no yeah. There's no like people outside the window with Bristol boards. Yeah, they're almost trying to do like a CNN kind of morning show. There's no there's no outdoor involvement at all. But they do have a zany weather guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Nestor Carbonell. Rich, his name? Richard Alpert from Richard Lost. Alpert. I was trying to get. I was like Jen. What's his last name? It was Richard. Richard, Richard I remember I thought it was a cool name. You, you know when Pete Holmes talks about Ram Dass? Yeah. Richard Alpert. That's who Ram Dass is. That was his original name. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that. I actually watched doc, a documentary on Ram Dass and yeah. Rami D. That's who Richard Alpert and lost his name. His real name is Nestor Carbonell. Nestor Carbonell. was such an uncool name for a guy who never ages. I know. He looks great. He still looks like a million bucks. Still wearing that like guy. Like Jen Aniston. He looks just as good as Jenny A. <laughs> I don't give him my ass. You do, I take it. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I like it. That's cool. All right, let's talk about his dark materials. Uh, <laughs> put me on the clock. All right. I'm a little nervous. It's not even that I didn't... Oh, I don't have my phone. Oh, here, you can use mine. Okay. It's not even that I actively didn't like this show. I just don't know what happened in it. I'm I'm quite lost, so uh, to speak. I'm Richard Alpert out here. All right. Uh, you have 30 seconds to explain what dust is to me in three, <laughs> two, one go uh lyra i think is is this little 13 year old girl who goes to uh an academy and she lives in a world where people have animals that are kind of like indelibly connected to them like there's this other story where like a little boy is becoming a man because he's had his so so called demon uh come to him and it's a hawk and that's great and then his brother gets kidnapped anyway so lyra's dad is uh james mcavoy and he's a researcher in the arctic and he leaves so she gets adopted by this place and then she gets taken under the wing of some researcher lady i did okay you did okay i did okay yeah yeah actually you did surprisingly well given the uh confusing nature of this first episode just about everything we say here is going to be really annoying to somebody who's a big fan of these books um because they have they have like a a pretty loyal fan base i think yes and we know nothing you're right i i would be super annoyed i realized like i was like is this is this a gold compass show (laughs) Is this a show about the gold and, compass? And then out came the golden compass. And I was like, okay, so is the golden compass his dark materials or is his dark materials a part of the golden clump compass like trilogy? <laughs> the golden clumpus? The golden clump. The golden clump? <laughs> uh, I think, I well, I think the, the golden compass was like one of those failed attempts to bring this beloved trilogy of novels for young adults sure. to the screen. But the golden compass is also a book too, isn't it? I think it's one of the His Dark Materials right. books. Okay, cool. Um, so of which there are three, I believe. And so the the movie had like Daniel Craig in it. Yeah. Um, and it and just Nicole didn't, Kidman. And it didn't really work. And it wasn't that long ago. No, it was like 2007. No, yeah. Uh, was it even that long ago? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, and I don't need Alexa to tell me either. Uh, so it came out. It didn't really work for the fans. And now, inversely, the show has come out, and the main criticism is like, look, if you're a big fan of this already, you're probably going to be happy with what you see. If you aren't caught up on his dark materials, you're going to be super lost. And that, 
I can definitely identify with the second yes. half of that. I was very lost. They create a lot of world. And to me, it doesn't feel that original. Like a lot of it just kind of feels reminiscent of other young adult fantasy IPs. Like I get a, a real like Lucy Pevensey from Narnia vibe from, mm. from Lyra. Sure. And then like a good portion of this episode was filmed at Oxford and so was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So I also get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you have worlds intertwining. That's kind of the thing. I think you said this about a show we watched recently too, and it might have even been last week. Oh, it was, it, it was you talking about Watchmen, saying like, you know, I don't even know that that the comic book is seen. Or the, I don't even know if the show is going to be seen as that subversive anymore because of all the things comics have done. It's almost like because right. of all the things fantasy has done. I don't know how different this show is going to seem. Well, and maybe uh, Philip Pullman, I think is the guy's name who, who wrote these books. Maybe he really was an innovator. I, I mm -hmm. suspect he probably was in his way uh, or is, but um, I don't know that this show really illustrates how original his imagination was because we've been so uh, overexposed to the ilk. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. What kind of totally. books were you reading when you were like 12 or 13? Because I feel like you weren't quite as much the Harry Potter kid as I. No, I actually was a Harry Potter kid at okay. that point. Yeah. But right as I was getting into junior high is kind of when I was finishing my my Harry Potter run. Goblet, right. Goblet of Fire was the last book that I read. Okay. Yeah. Which I think came out. I think I finished like summer of grade seven. Goblet of Fire is the best one, man. It was great. That is a great book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd never heard of these before. I wasn't crazy about the title, His Dark Materials, just for like the clunkiness of it. But I guess it's a it's a part of John Milton's Paradise Lost. And yeah. and this whole series apparently is kind of, uh, at least in part, a retelling of Paradise Lost. And particularly they deal with like original sin in that premise. Right. Um, did, what did you think of, of uh, like I almost didn't, I almost wanted to see more of the adult stuff. I know it's, but it's supposed to be more focused on the kids. No, I was more interested in Lyra than James McAvoy. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh good, he's leaving. The whole thing where he's like, he's appealing in that library and he's got like a block of ice. Mm -hmm. I was really bored and confused. I still found the demon thing kind of hard to follow. Like and goofy with their animals. Yeah. It's like, we need to win the race this time, Lyra. And the animals Lyra. talk. Yeah. They're pretty good CGI for a TV show though. That like, was one thing that I thought like the show the, spent some money. It's it's, it looks cool. Yeah. But they had to, to build too much world. I think in the first episode, there's nothing to really pull me in enough to watch another episode. I don't think they, I, th I think they rely on you to already come to table with a, a little bit of information. I don't think they gave enough backstory and maybe they didn't have to. Maybe they're like, yeah. you know what? That's not our job. Well, and to be fair to them, they posted a whole thing on the, the screen at the start of the show. It's like, this takes place in a universe where people have demons. The demons are an animal. Right. The animals live with them. <laughs> like, right. And then, yeah, it explained all of that, but I still was not on board. And then there's something called gobblers, which I could not take seriously. Nah. Every time I was said like, gobblers. I just kept thinking these these must be chickens or geese. Yeah. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah, and they're taking kids. This is the first ever TV project by New Line Cinema. First ever. Who also produced the movie. Whoa. 
Man, they just own that IP and they're going with it. They they know there's something there. Uh-huh. And is Lin-Manuel Miranda involved in this at all? Yeah, he is. I don't know when he comes in. I don't know. If I'm he's assuming he's show. one of the gobblers. Oh, I don't think he's an actor. I think he just like got it moving. I think he's like a producer on it. No, he's he's listed like in the in the credits as an actor. Great, cool. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna be like an oi gavna. Oh no! I imagine. Well, he and did then, that in Mary Poppins. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. I th- I I feel like that's what we're in for. Is he gonna be a big movie star? Yeah. Are we? I'm I'm doing the Bill Simmons. Are we sure he's good? <laughs> he uh he definitely has hamilton and hamilton is been, a masterpiece been soaking up everything else that he can people love to put him on the in crowd because he's so he seems like a nice guy he's, yeah he's a great artist i don't know if he can be a great film actor i don't know if people care enough they want to put him there but they're not going to give him that many chances either mm. yeah I, I don't think so i think I feel like this might be kind of his final strike unless it's a success. They did okay. They did a yeah. they had a, they had a good Monday night for HBO. Right. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll stick around. I am curious to know what like what is Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda's next project? What's the main thing he's going to be working on? I, I guess a Hamilton movie would be huge. Yeah, but every time he's asked that question, he's like, "Don't ask me that. That'll happen someday." Right. And also, like, I don't even know if he legally can do that. Like that, there's there's these contracts like with to... theaters and stuff. Where that has to, they just want to get as much money out of it as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that'll probably happen someday. They are doing an In the Heights movie, like a oh, theatrical In the Heights, and I'm sure he's heavily involved in that. And he's writing songs for the new Little Mermaid. Have you heard much of In the Heights? Because I listened to some of the soundtrack. It didn't really pull me in quite as much. Yeah, no, it it kind of took me out. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of thought like, this is like kind of Degrassi. In oh, I didn't listen to that much to know. A little bit. That was a bit of the vibe. That he won Tony's from that. Like he, he it won Best New Musical. That was like well before. He was already established as like kind of this little ingenue. Right. Um, pre-Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'm an idiot. And maybe I'll, I don't, I'll I don't actually be like, In the Heights is actually my favorite movie. Oh, I'm going to see it for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what's to come from him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think he's got these like little projects too. Yeah, I'm starting to lose my voice. Should we shut her down? Sure. I I don't. Uh, I kind of do give my ass to the materials. Show. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna watch anymore. But I kind of thought it was cool. I don't. I was I was checking out a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought that the second two thirds were way better. The first third was rough. Yeah. I got more interested towards the end. I'm more interested to see like where they're going, rather than yeah being stuck on Tatooine the whole time. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll see Tatooine next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be the show show next week. Yeah, we'll have to figure out how to get Ross in here. Right. We got to do that, but that'd be cool. Yeah. Would he be able to do a Wednesday night? We'll make it work. We'll talk off. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Um, So the director of uh, Independence Day Resurgence, remember when that came out a couple years ago? He says it was a mistake to continue making the movie after Will Smith dropped out. Wait, which movie was it? Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't really remember it. No, neither do I. It it was kind of a flop. It was a huge flop, Okay, and it got like 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, and he's now come out to say, yeah, we shouldn't have made that movie. Okay, well, yeah, really going out on a limb there. Right. Did he really have to say that? But I think his point was, had Will Smith been in it, it would have been good. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. 
But we've discussed recently about how he's not a sure thing, Will Smith. No. And he sold his soul to the devil. Oh, that that's the other thing. Yeah. Right. That's the other important His rendezvous with Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> Beelzebub, as yeah. you were. <laughs> um, so you he he trusts Will Smith to be good. He trusts a Will Smith sequel, even. And, like, we got the trailer this week for, for Bad Boys 3. Yes. Um, who's to say whether that'll be a successful Will Smith? Mm-hmm. I am kind of interested. I love the Bad Boys movies. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Okay. Big fan. So you do have some faith. You don't I- never trust Will Smith. Oh, I don't trust him, <laughs> but I watch him. Okay. Always watch Will Smith? No. Okay. Not always. Occasionally watch Will Smith. Occasionally watch Will Smith. But never trust him. Never trust him. I mean, there are things you got to love about him. Okay. You just blew the door wide open. I mean, I'm all for for a dichotomy. Yeah. Love watching Will Smith run in something. He's a good movie runner? I, I don't trust him when he's running. But, no? Oh, yeah. He runs in, in a lot, like, in... Uh, in um men in black yeah great run uh uh enemy of the state Uh a lot of running going on there um uh famously in ali so we go to runs (laughs) Runs, but doesn't cover a lot of ground he just kind of bops and floats (laughs) like a butterfly in the ring he's running (laughs) he just floats like a butterfly (laughs) yeah he does that too yeah he does that too i'm more about like the training montages oh i see i see um so yeah, no, the, I, I have mixed emotions, but I don't trust. Him. If you needed somebody to run somewhere on camera, mm-hmm. would you trust Will Smith? You're kind of putting me in a box. This is me getting back at you for last week. You were like really giving me the business in the podcast. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was. Um, I don't know that I. Honestly, man. I never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>